Everybody, welcome to the On the Grind podcast with your host Justin Brown. What's going on, folks? And that's right, man. That's Jimi Hendrix you just heard, best guitarist of all time that we all know of. Clearly, I want to start the show off right with some flavor, the right way, man. But uh, shout out to women. It's Women's Month, National International Women's Month, something like that. But hey. Props to women. Uh, if you're out there listening, love you all. Unless you broke up with me before, then screw you. Stay off my DMs. Other than that, man, show some love to the women in your lives. Your mama, your grandma, your aunts, nieces, whatever. As long as they're still around, man, make sure you show them some appreciation this month. If you do what I do, you can go on Google, check out the doodle of the day. See what Google has going on and pay your respects that way. But yeah, man, I hope did, I hope you had a good week this week. How your week's been? I know you can't respond, but I hope it's been a good week. Uh, it's been an interesting week, uh, news-wise, and especially locally. There's a story that my girl put me on to this week. Something that happened at the radio station WKYS, where essentially there's a radio show over there. Featuring uh, a woman named Danny Starr and two co-hosts, uh, DJ Quicksilver and Five Nine. For those of you that aren't familiar, but anyway, early this week they were talking on the radio, and Danny Starr, uh, the, the 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 lady of the show, was putting out an Instagram ad for a nanny because their house needed a nanny. She works long hours, I guess. Her husband works long hours, and they and she wanted to put an ad, ad out for a nanny. Now apparently the husband and her husband and she, and uh, she were talking and and they agreed they did not want a manny did not want a man there uh, the husband would be uncomfortable with it so they settled for asking for a nanny but when Danny put the ad out she I guess was going over people that hit her up in the DMs uh, on the show live with her co-host and one of the women that hit her up that she sh- checked out their message. Essentially, she just said flat out no to one air because she's because the woman was too pretty, and for that's what it was. I guess that that part of the segment you can't really find anywhere. That's more so just in the news. What is uh, something you can find on YouTube and stuff is what happened. I think the next day on the radio, where where unbeknownst to Danny, her two co-hosts invite the chick that was rejected, that Danny rejected not directly but over air. Um, to being the nanny, they invited her in um, as a surprise to the show, and had Danny um, talk to her, engage with her, and they, that's where the controversy really ensued because Danny was hysterical. I mean, for, it it got really bad 
to the point where um, they were arguing and she left the studio um, because she really didn't understand what was going on, why they would do such a thing. And the dudes were being dudes, I guess, just not taking her side and wanting the pretty woman to have her saying things. And we can go into who's, who to take sides with or what in a second. But um, after that, after she left the, the station that day, she walked out. And just said, if you guys want to talk to her so much, she can have her her spot. And the show just continued on without her, dismissively. Um, only that the, the day after that, which I think was Friday, March 9th, she announced that she was officially leaving the radio show. Uh, DJ Quicksilver and 5'9 had to apologize, I believe, over the radio. And it was crazy because a lot of people were calling in. Like, when the the woman was invited, the day of the, the controversy really ensued, even DJ Quicksilver's wife called in, yelled, and cursed him out over the phone on the radio for doing that shit. And that's just a sign that, you know, clearly not a lot of people were happy that that was done. And at the end of the day, just reviewing all the facts and stuff, you can think of it two ways. Um, for one, just if I'm on a team, I'm trying to put myself in Danny's shoes. If I'm on a team and... Uh, regardless of whatever else may go, be going on. Like, I don't really listen to their radio show, so I do not know how well or how good of a teammate Danny is. All that to say, I, I can't understand her reacting the way she did. Shocked when the woman was invited up there by her co-host, unbeknownst to her. That didn't seem like something they did on a regular basis, so there wasn't a precedent for it. And if that's not the case, generally in radio, from what I understand... You discuss the segments of the day early in the day or like the night before, like there's consensus or there's agreement enough about what's going to happen that next day. There's certain things you can plan for, but that's something they could have planned around and definitely dealt with better. Um, to be honest, though, Danny did one thing that the this uh, the, the cute chick, I guess, cute because they said she was cute. I haven't looked at her photo. I guess she could be cute. Anyway, the point they were trying to make all the people that weren't Danny is that, you know, pretty women get discriminated against. Ah, yeah, sure. Um, you have it better off in life probably, but sure you face discrimination, I guess. So what if you don't get the nanny job, you get free drinks probably on a regular basis. As long as you're not like off putting, there's lots of perks to just being pretty. Now, of course there's like probably heightened levels of like street or general sexual harassment and stuff. Um, that can happen to any woman, no matter how they look. But I, uh, from what I've seen and experienced, that definitely happens more with the, the prettier women. Um, especially if there's a level of intimidation involved. But either way, uh, the issue I had with Danny that they were trying to expose is just how that she rejected the woman because her insecurities um, about her looks or however her marriage is going. Which, to a degree, they have a point of, like... I was listening to Danny. She put out a video on Friday as well talking about how she forgives her co-host and things like that. Uh, the thing that bothered me, though, was that she described herself as a baddie. And just like... I mean, don't get me wrong. She's cute, but I had to look up her photo. Because um, the, the video she put out wasn't that crisp of an image. And, like, look, she's... She's alright. You know what I mean? she's she Her dimples on the strong side of the game. You know what I mean? They're definitely out there. And uh, her smile, whew, her smile is, uh, when she's smiling for real, 
like if you've ever just put on a sock like if you're putting on a sock and you are pulling it up tight against your toes that's how our chin look it's just a weird looking face um cute it's like a cute weird she's, she's a cute cute weird looking chick you know what i mean wouldn't say she's a baddie she's not like ugly though she's just she's got one of them cute weird faces so I think with that, she's not, if she's being honest with herself, you know what I mean? She probably doesn't actually think she's as cute as she says she thinks she does, um, which definitely led me to believe that there is some self, you know, uh, self-esteem, self-confidence issues there, which again, the two male DJ, the two male co-hosts and I don't know, the, the Instagram model chick they invited in, uh, had a point of yeah she's definitely insecure that being said does that does not give her the co-host i feel the right to pretty much sabotage uh her on the radio like if they didn't agree and they wanted to talk about it the next day there's plenty of ways to do it not that was basically the shock jock way they could have had an open discussion about women confidence and like confidence in their marriage and how that might how their self-esteem might affect it just on the radio, if that's what they wanted the topic of the day to be, they could have talked that amongst themselves. They could have at least asked her, was she willing to talk to the one of the women she denied, or at least that specific woman they denied, either over the phone or on the radio before they invited her in. There's mature ways to do it that could have made for good segments that weren't allowed to happen because they wanted to pull the prank. They went the prank way. And regardless of whether you think they had a point or not, I mean, the fallout is, I'm not sure if anyone would be able to keep their jobs. Danny walked out. I have no idea about the other two dudes. DJ Quicksilver, I think, is well-known enough. And 5'9", sure. Uh, yeah, he's he's a, he's a guy. You know what I mean? So there is just a lot of outcry, I think, is going to be there soon, if not already, for them to lose their job or punishment uh, to be you know, handed down to them. And I think there will be some sort of discipline, but that's just, it's just dumb the way they did it. And, and they try to put it on the face of international women's day. One of those made up days, you know what I mean? Made up holidays and stuff. Not to say it's a bad one, but it's a made up one. Um, in terms of how it was, it came about. And let's be honest, if that's the Americans really, we don't really celebrate international women's day uh we celebrate in an american way like if you're looking on the news and stuff other countries are marching around women across other countries are marching like in droves uh so many in some countries that they've called strikes because of how many women are not working today but marching in the streets celebrating and protesting on uh international women's day so for what it's worth this it's this is petty american drama and i mean i'm american too but god it's it's a story that didn't need to be and it, 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 I don't know. It felt immature to me the way they did it. Could have been more tactful, and there could have been space for discussion or an exciting segment that didn't cost everybody some sort of like trauma or even potentially their jobs, man. So that's just on the local front, man. But to sports, it's been an interesting week for sports, especially if you're following football. Uh, for if you if you don't know, I, I boycotted most of last year's football games. I probably watched like two or three Steelers games, and then, like, two to three playoff games, including the Super Bowl. I mean, the itch is still there a little bit, but I've been slowly weaning myself off of football before even the Colin Kaepernick protest uh, 
season or uh, protesting that started last uh, year at the beginning of the season. But another thing that's decimating football right now is is an example of what's going on in Seattle. So if you're not if you're not familiar, the Seattle Seahawks this week got rid of two key defensive players. One being Michael Bennett, a defensive lineman that was traded to the Philadelphia Eagles for pennies. Um, just a late round pick and uh, I think a, a late round player from last season. And they exchanged for Bennett and like a seventh round pick. And then that was on, I believe, Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, there was a rumor that they were going to trade Richard Sherman, the mouthpiece of that Seattle defense. And he it was coming out through tweets and messages through him and fellow players and there's rumors in the media. But Friday, the Seahawks actually released Richard Sherman to many, I think, many people's dismay. Because if you're not familiar with Richard Sherman and that Seattle defense, um, they were outside of like a couple, a couple other defenses. Um, the past ten years or so, they were definitely one of the most consistent. But they were the last great nickname defense that we that we've had in the NFL, the Legion of Boom, which was started about five six years ago. I think a season or two before they won the Super Bowl, uh, based on how their 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 secondary was feared across the league. They were fast elite talent that would hit hard and talk trash to you all in the same play and they were going to give it to you all uh all 60 minutes of the game or however long they were on the field and football if you've been following and just been a fan of it for a while if you're being honest with yourself you would admit that it's fallen off in a lot of areas in the past couple decades but especially to me um building a team with players to root for. I don't know what it is, but it's, uh, especially these past couple of seasons, you've seen players getting traded for late round picks, cut for no reason just because they're a little banged up. And now it's just becoming a young dude's lead. It's not like where it used to be. You're, you grew up on the same players for several years. It's not like you had... um. Jerome Bettis, for example, was in, was a Pittsburgh Steeler for uh, I think several years, and you got to grow with him to to the, his final season. Where if you're a Steelers fan, you were happy for him that he got to win the Super Bowl. You were happy in his final year he got to win the Super Bowl. They, you don't have that kind of consistency now with teams when they're trading everybody for late picks and just trying to get younger. Running backs are so disposable that they probably don't even want to give them a second contract once their rookie one is up. Like players are becoming. So obviously considered or demonstrated as commodities to GMs and teams that the loyalty to the players, for me, makes it hard to be loyal to the team, especially if a new player is going to be in there every season at every different position except quarterback. It's hard to build. It's hard to have a favorite player when you don't know what's going to happen to him the next season again, unless it's a quarterback. So, And another thing about the Seattle team, too, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, um, the Legion of Boom in that defense was they weren't just talkers in terms of trash talk of football they were also talkers about things going outside the league and like the players perspectives and stuff it wasn't just X's and O's Richard Sherman again the mouthpiece of that defense for his whole tenure there just about Stanford grad 
very well spoken on a lot of different subjects. He gave you a lot of different uh, feelings and perspective and insight from player from a player that you that you wouldn't get normally from a lot of different players. Um, he spoke on you spoke to you about social issues, social injustices. He spoke. Um, he used this podium to speak on so many different things that it became a problem for many people when he opened his mouth. And I that was something I actually appreciated. A player who was more than just football. You know what I mean? You got he he humanized himself, being able to speak on so many different things and injustices going on. And then you have Michael Bennett, who didn't start that way, but after the Colin Kaepernick protest and talking with Colin, um, he became very much uh, outspoken and picked up the the stick or whatever you want to call it. Uh, baton where Colin Kaepernick left it when when he was essentially blackballed from the league over a season ago and Michael Bennett last year was the one that was speaking up uh, more than any other player about social injustices injustices faced by NFL players uh, by black community the uh, communities of color and minorities and things like that and that was not just like with Colin Kaepernick but maybe to a slightly less extent because they made the example with Colin Kaepernick already a lot of owners and a lot of teams weren't feeling that and we see that kind of playing that now playing out now in Seattle based on who they're letting go. They didn't let go of anybody or they didn't trade anybody that had um, a controversial voice on that team, potentially the other teams. They're essentially just let two of their best players go that were causing them problems um, and grumblings maybe between their fan base and things. And it's just sad to see, man. Uh, I, I am a person who would prefer, I don't know about you guys, I, I would prefer that, you know, if players want to speak about their thing, let them speak about their thing. You give them a podium, fuck football sometimes, let them be humans. I feel that on, on you know, that if they're going to deal with the punishment, let them deal with the punishment that comes down. But you give them the opportunity if it's there. Let them have their say. Whatever happens, happens. They get to fall on their own sword. You don't get to take the sword from them. So that being said, man, uh, hey, I wish them both best of luck on their next team, the next ventures. I know Michael Bennett went to the Eagles, so I don't really want to see that team win another Super Bowl, to be honest. But I don't mind if he succeeds. And Richard Sherman, wherever you go, if you want to become – I don't know if you want to stay in football, whatever sport you go to, man. Just uh, shout out to Richard Summers and the things he does. But anyway, man, uh, I just wanted to touch on that because that's a very important piece, man. Uh, black men speaking up in their sport that uh, people have come down on them for such a long time. I think that the way they're being treated now, it's a bit unfair. Not unexpected, um, just unfair to them. But it, hey, at the end of the day, NFL is a business. So that's how people want to run the teams. That's how they get to run the teams. Oh, man. Other than that, uh, I know that was two heavier pieces. Just talk about comedy real quick so we can get into this podcast. Uh, comedy. Uh, it was all right the past couple of weeks. I didn't get to do as many rooms as I like, but I'm starting to become a room junkie again. I'm trying to get at least five to seven rooms as the minimum per week back going. Right now, I've been averaging about four to six. I'm trying to up that to my more consistent numbers. And... Hopefully, by the end of this month, I'll get the two. I want two tapes so I can start submitting places. That means I really need to hunker down on like my two five-minute sets, clean and dirty. Uh, 
to have available to go at any time. So that's going to be the focus for the month of March. I know March Madness is going on. I know it's Women's Month, but it's also Man's Month. This man, Justin Brown. All right, I thank you guys for listening. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this podcast. Thanks for waiting, guys. Uh, my, my guest today is a woman I came, uh, came across through my network of people. Uh, her name is Vanessa Blanco. She is an up-and-coming social media uh, star celebrity. Um, I'll let her explain it better. But she has a YouTube fitness channel, and she's on Instagram. She's on Twitter. She really knows her stuff when it comes to social media. So if you want to be an up-and-coming person in that, and you want to get some of the insight of the game, definitely stay tuned. Starting this one in the middle of our conversation. Okay, so you're on everything. Yeah, so, like, you have kind of, like, you need to have everything in order to kind of grow. Like, one thing may grow more than others which is like what it is for mostly everybody like some things will be kind of like equal like everybody will have the same kind of numbers on each thing sure but for the most part like when you're up and coming there's like disparities in numbers and where you're at so like but you have to be everywhere it's like intersectionality like you need to be everywhere in order for things to kind of work together doesn't that sound annoying though yeah it's well it is annoying because every single platform has its own algorithm yeah. And every single platform requires different things. Um, and there's different expectations. And then the, the people, the audience you have on those platforms expects different things. Like, they don't... So, it's just... It's a lot to try to figure out. And, I mean, first for YouTube, you can have content sporadically. And, like, you know, have... You don't have to do it every day. I mean, it is advised to do it every day. Right. But you don't have to do it every day. And you can still build that audience. With like Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat, you know, and all those other Facebook, you have to do it every day in order to grow. Like it, you won't grow not doing it every day. Do you know why? Like for me, I would assume so because people can digest more and they digest it quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I quicker mean, on it's those. It's just the types of, I mean, it's just the type of content that you have on those platforms. Okay. Like YouTube, it's it's honestly unless you're like some superhuman person or depending on the type of content that you do, like for instance vlogs. Okay. People can vlog every day and be successful because you can create content every day for that and and edit like because the, the biggest piece of it is the editing piece. That's the part that takes the longest time. Yeah, that's why I don't do it. Yeah. So it's it's like if you try to do youtube every day like it is possible but it's preferable if you have a team if you try to do youtube every day by yourself you're gonna go crazy uh, you're not gonna get any sleep you're just gonna be restless and you disheveled <laughs> like it's True. just especially you know, if like you have other stuff to do I'm yeah, assuming, like, like another job yeah family um other social media stuff that you have to do on top of that um life you know what i mean you yeah. gotta eat sleep so if you want to actually function, that's why so many people outsource a lot of their stuff. Like so many people outsource their editing and so many people outsource even their, just their content. Like really? I mean, people outsource Instagram and Pinterest and Facebook. Okay. Pinterest, I can see Facebook. Maybe how do you outsource Instagram? Unless you mean like memes. Cause if you're video recording, you could bulk so this is how it works in order for you to actually have content on a consistent basis without burning out yeah people bulk record content so i mean there's people that's smart yeah so there's people literally there's people who will record 
a whole month's worth of stuff in one day. So they already have like a schedule of their content. Okay. And they already have what ideas they want to do. All they do is change their t-shirt. Especially if it's like a talk, to, you know, a talking head video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just change their t-shirt and boom, boom, boom. They go throughout the day with topics. And then oh throughout the month, they do all the B-roll. So the B-roll is all the extra stuff that you see. So it's okay. not just you talking and them just listening to you in your face. So that, I mean... For all that, you can listen to a podcast if you just want to hear the audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People do. Like, people will sit and watch a YouTube video if it's all audio, and they just will do, do other, st- other yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, but so that's how people get away with with Instagram is they'll bulk photography. Like, I've uh-huh. done that where I'll go out and I'll, I'll bring different outfits. Okay. And I'll just, like, take pictures with one thing on and then change and then do, you know, the same. And then yeah. you just go through and then you have all this content for you to sporadically put out throughout the week now according to what people have said about instagram is that Mm -hmm. now it's preferable to just do once a day versus when back in the day people used to do like three times a day you know morning evening at night in order to get their audience nowadays people are saying no once a day because how the algorithm changed with instagram is people have to interact with your content. And actually, if you post more than once a day, it starts diminishing the reach for your previous post. So it actually hurts you. Now, this is all hearsay. You know, that's what people are saying because no one actually knows what the algorithm... Really? Because when people change, like... uh, Who just changed theirs recently? Facebook put out a big public thing about how they were changing their algorithm and how they were going to, you know... What kind of content they were going to choose to display with algorithms over other ones. So, like, they haven't done that with Instagram? Well, the thing is, they don't know. No company. So, Facebook gives out that information kind of like, a, you know, like a op-ed or whatever. Like, okay. just open, openly just saying that they're changing the algorithm. But they don't tell you the logistics of what triggers the algorithm for you to succeed. So like they're just going to okay. tell you, like, oh, this is what we're doing, and this is the kind of content that we were favoring. But they don't tell you, like, oh, this is the format that we favor, this is the times that we favor, this is how you reach your audience, these are the imprincesses, the conversions. They don't tell you how that stuff works because they don't want people to game the system. Oh, so that's why people hire social yeah. media people. Yeah. To figure that stuff out. Oh. Yeah. Okay, well... All that being said, we'll get into that more, but thank you for making me feel very, very small in the brain. Uh, today on, on The Grind, welcome back, folks. We have special guest, Vanessa Blanco. How are you doing, Good. Vanessa? Thank you for having me. No problem. Thank you for being here. Uh, you know, I definitely wanted to have one to two women, at least for this month, because it is women's mm-hmm. month. You know what I mean? So have you checked out the Google Doodle? Have you been checking those out to see what they've been doing? A few things. I have. I mean, I've, with school, I've just been hermit life. So okay. Yeah. Are you glad to finally be done with that? Are you taking a break between submitting your oh, thingy? Yeah. Well, I'm mm-hmm. still in class, so I still have oh. a class that I'm taking. So it's like okay. Yeah, I have somewhat of a break, but not really. What um? What are you studying right now? Anyway. So, like, what class it is, or just the major? Major. Okay, so I'm higher education administration with a concentration in student affairs. Okay. The class that I'm taking right now is called Leading Higher Education, and it's one with a former president of George, of George, 
Washington University and his right. assistant. So he like teaches us and also brings speakers. So like we've had the president, former president of UBC, we've had the former president of, um, I forget what that called. Um, there's a, I mean, it's a bunch of places. We're gonna have like a former president from George Mason. So a lot of like local people as like outside people. Um, and it's been really interesting to see how that works makes me not want to be a university president really <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> after that because they even said it like why would you want to be a university president after taking this class uh, um, money i'm well, assuming money um i mean money for some places is okay like if you're at like duke you know what i mean or, oh or yeah, like yeah, yeah harvard or you know make a private university then yeah it's probably worth your while but yeah if you're at like a local or a community college, it's the the money probably doesn't equal the amount of stuff that you're actually doing because you're the face of the university. And nowadays, like back in the day, it was a lot easier. It was easier to be a university president than nowadays okay. because the expectations are a lot higher. Um, you, you know, students are now expecting the president to actually like go to every single student activity. You have to be present. They want you to be there. They want you to be relatable, authentic. They want to feel as if you Ugh. care about, you know, so it's a lot more. And then parents are have been a lot more involved in the process than before in past years. Past okay. years, it was like, go to college, you're out of my house, peace. Now it's like, no, I'm paying for this education. I want to know what you're doing. I want to know who, you know, who's involved. I want to know why the president. And they'll call the president and be like, why is my kid not in this class? You know? Just, Are you serious? Yeah. It's a president, not a principal. Yeah. That's too different. But the thing is, is that I guess because they're paying they feel it as though they have this entitlement and expectation that they are entitled to these things. Like, you're, I'm entitled to this information. Yeah. So when all those, you know, acts, like FERPA and stuff passed, okay. like parents were pissed. Like, I'm paying thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a year. Like, some people are paying that much or even more for their kids to go to school and you're not giving me my child's grades. Like, what? Yeah? Is that the thing that said the, the, the um... Grades will only go to the student yeah. or the person paying. Yeah. Okay. Well, to the student, like they can't, they can't even give it to the person who's paying. So yeah, so it doesn't matter if grandma or dad are paying your tuition and it's clear in your accounts that they're paying your tuition. They, it doesn't matter. It's the student's information, and by law, they're not allowed to give out any of the student's information to anybody else without the student's written permission. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's okay. Like, if you're fully funded by the school or, like, government paying for your, like, tuition or something, that might make sense where I don't think I want President Trump seeing my grades. Although, I did go to a community college, and I never met... I'm not even sure if we had a president. I know we didn't have a mascot, so that wasn't the best experience. Um, all right, that was on the education tip, but Vanessa, why are you here today? Tell the people what you're really about. So, I have a YouTube channel. It's uh it's it's like right now kind of on i don't know i guess it's successful i don't know i guess how would you define success then you know it's difficult because a few years ago i thought that reaching because like i have over a hundred thousand subscribers on my youtube channel so that I, sounds successful yeah so i thought that was success and that is it's a huge milestone yeah it's because a lot a very few people on the platform actually reach those milestones i think there's like According to like statistics, there's I think less than eighty thousand people on the platform that actually have reached that milestone. Really? 
Even with the video games and stuff, I know those are big video games, streaming mm-hmm. things. So the thing is, is that I mean, eighty thousand. So gaming channels can have tons of views, but it yeah. doesn't mean that there people are actually going to subscribe to that content. Okay. So that's why there's and so so many people um, think that. So my my thoughts when I first started the YouTube channel were like, oh, I'm just gonna post videos people are gonna follow it yeah and I'm gonna have it's gonna blow up and I'm gonna get millions of views and this is gonna be fantastic yeah but in reality you post videos and it's crickets no one watches them at all and then you're just like why is no one watching this like why only 10 people viewing this or 20 people or maybe 100 or so people and then you don't understand like how these other people are getting millions of views for like stuff that you're it's, cats yeah it, yeah cat videos exactly like cat videos or her durable videos you know or you know just other stuff like that and you're just like this is good content that people would like but it's not getting out there and so yeah it's a lot harder to figure out YouTube than I, I think any other platform and they've I mean Google has done that on purpose because they don't want people gaming the system well that and I guess did. How long have you been doing the YouTube uh, channel? So, I've had my channel for... Um, and what's the name of it? Sorry. So, the name is just my name. It's okay. Vanessa Blanco. And I've had my channel for two years now, I want to say. Yeah, it's been two years. I started it in January of like 20... Yeah, two years ago um, as a New Year's resolution. Because I've always loved YouTube. I've been watching YouTube since like 08. So since it's almost since its inception, when it was, I mean, it was created in 06. Yeah, we're all, I mean, yeah. we're, I'm 28, so we're both kind of like YouTube yeah. babies in a way. Exactly. Grew up on it. Grew up on it. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I grew up on it to the point where everything I, that I needed to find out, like how, I mean, especially as a girl, back in the day, no one knew how to do their makeup. No one knew how to do their hair. Like it wasn't. Nobody. Nobody. I mean, you would have to go onto the like i would go on the internet to learn how to do my hair different ways okay because i and, and to do your makeup different ways now the way how, how it's evolved like everybody goes on youtube to find figure out how to have proper makeup and proper hair care and stuff like that because back in the day it was magazines you know like 17 okay cosmopolitan but like nowadays you know it's so much easier to just search on the internet how to dye my hair this color True. Or how okay. to you know make my nails grow how to you know and that's youtube is the second largest search engine other than google yeah. i mean it makes sense because they're anytime i look for something on google youtube's gonna pop up and that's also because like that's their baby but yeah i've used youtube for a lot of stuff like probably have you had any like if you're comfortable with sharing an embarrassing YouTube search, something like you would be embarrassed but willing to share. Like for me, I think one was looking up how to hook up, how to jump a car, and I still did it wrong. Like I looked at the video and it said plainly what to do, and I still did it wrong somehow. We had to call a tow truck and he just did it right in front of my face. And I was like, oh, that's how mm-hmm. they said to do it in the video. Have you ever had one of those moments? Um. I mean, there. I've had tons of those with those DIY videos. Where oh god! Like, DIY this, and they make it look so easy, and then you try to do it, and it's just a complete shit show. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I've had those instances where I mean, and then also you have instances where it's like clickbaity. So yeah, show you something, and then you have this expectation of what you're thinking you're gonna get, and then it's like, what the hell? Yeah, please follow this link to the real website. It, yeah, like stuff like that. You're like, really? I came to you for an answer. Now you're sending me off. Like, no. I'm good. 
stupid. Don't they get uh, money? Don't you don't you make money after you get a certain number of views on a video, or is it only subscriber based now? No, it's never. It's actually never been subscriber based. Not to get like a, I think like a, a pro channel or whatever it's called. Uh, so what it is, it's called the YouTube Partner Program for YouTube. Now this has changed. It's in, since it YouTube started, the Partner Program um, was only for, you had to, you were invited to the Partner Program when, when it first started. Okay. Um, and then you had to like sit, submit your application or whatever. And even then you were, you still had to figure out if you would qualify or not. And there were very select few channels that even got to the partner program i think it was like in o o twelve or o, like 2013 when they actually started the, the youtube partner program where they were monetizing the content and i think though i think i have my numbers right so yeah monetization on youtube is still very very early i mean it's only been a few six about six years old but people are millionaires on there now right yeah. Like a few. Not saying like everybody. Yeah. But they're definitely like, I know PewDiePie yeah. is a, a big one. I know it's Logan a couple. Paul and Jake Paul. Yeah. Brothers and Laz Lakoshi and all those people. Yeah, there's yeah. plenty of people that are somehow making a living off of it. Yeah. And I think it'll grow too, especially with YouTube wanting to grow like its original content and stuff. Yeah. I mean, YouTube is actually the only platform that... Now, well, now Facebook's trying to get on that bandwagon, but YouTube, everybody, yeah, yeah, YouTube's the only platform that actually shares the profit, like revenue, with the content creators. Hmm. Instagram, you don't make no money off of Instagram. Every single Instagrammer, Instagram model, or Instagram famous person, yeah. the only way they're making money is through sponsorships and probably affiliate marketing. Okay, that's it. They don't, there's no way for you to make money off of Instagram just by posting stuff. YouTube, and even with Twitter, and even with Facebook in the past, now they're starting to do something different where you're able to monetize. They're trying to share the revenue okay. with you because they're trying to do, they're trying to compete with YouTube on the video space. Twitch is one that they don't really make revenue. It's all about like membership fees or um, donations. Oh, so, like a GoFundMe if yeah, you have a channel, so, kind of. Okay. So Twitch is the live streaming thing, and it's, yeah. it mainly started off for gamers. So people would play games, and people would just donate to them. It's very, very interesting. I don't, I don't understand the Twitch. I'm not on Twitch. Um, I've kind of gotten to like look to see what it's about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people play games. But now there's Twitch is starting to evolve to the point where they're having other kinds of content. It's not just gamers anymore. There's comedy stuff, there's two stuff, there's a, like a bunch of stuff. And it's just live stream, um, you know, so it's evolving. But YouTube is one of the only platforms that actually shares the ad revenue uh, with the people. So it doesn't matter. I mean, you could have literally 100 subscribers. Yeah. Well, back in the day, because now it's different. Back in the day, you could have had 100 subscribers, but if your content was getting a million plus views, you were making money off of those views and it's a based off of the ads that run on those videos and how many people click them or just how many times they get to play them so it's actually it's kind of difficult um without trying to get into like really specifics of because it i mean i could it could just be an hour-long conversation about how you make money on that is true in youtube um so the way it works is people there's a something called a cpm which is like cost per I forget mill or something or it's like a cost per impression kind of thing okay um and so in order for you to make money people view have to view the video right but they can't just click on the video and then go away from the video and you make money 
So that's not how it works. Like, they have to click on the video. If you get an ad on the video, yeah. so if that person sees an ad and doesn't skip it, or depending on the type of video, a certain percentage of that ad revenue. Okay. It's literally pennies. So you would really have to get over... I think it's um in order so on average when i first started youtube um i had to reach over a hundred thousand views in order to even make a hundred dollars hundred dollars still sounds nice though yeah. at the end of the day yeah but you have to think about it like i didn't make money on youtube till six months till i was doing videos so six months of videos so for six months i wasn't making any money nothing like absolutely nothing i wasn't getting paid i wasn't doing that i was just making videos and posting content they're making all right views like on average maybe a few thousand so based off of that those months that i've accumulated i had to reach a hundred thousand views in t in a month and so in total in order to reach the minimum a hundred dollar payment threshold for youtube good next question then so obviously there was plenty of time where you were doing it i guess out of labor of love so what made you want to start the channel in the first place yeah so i uh started my channel as a new year's resolution mm -hmm. because and it's because of the fact that i actually want to start my channel way like i want to start my channel in 08 like 08 oh, wow. 09 i wanted to, to because i was watching the content and okay. i was like oh i can see this like i can I can do this like this is so cool and and at that time nobody was making money so me wanting to do it was just because i wanted to give people my opinions like i'm, I'm like i can tell people or i wanted to test things and show people the results and kind of help people understand like oh should you buy this or not so that was kind of like my thing like i wanted to help people because i had so much crap that i would buy and okay. i was just like okay does it work or not and some stuff was crap so i'm like no i want to tell people to not waste their money on, on garbage. Um, so that's why I wanted to start my channel was because I just wanted, I mean, I've, I've always loved YouTube, the idea of it, just how it works and how people are able to create communities on there and just connections with people they've never even met. I just, I don't know. And I'm not, I'm not a starstruck person. Like I've never been, oh my God, obsessed with celebrities or screaming. Okay. Like if I, if someone, if a celebrity walked in right now, like I would just be like, oh, okay. Like, so none, there's no single celebrity that would be like, no. oh, let me just. Yeah, I've, I've never, I've never, like, I've never been obsessed. Like, I don't even, when I watch movies, I don't even know the celebrities' names. <laughs> like, half the time. Really? Like, who, I just remember, like, oh, I remember this person from this movie, but I don't even know who the hell their name is. Like, I've never been that type of person where I'm, like, fandom. Like, there's no fandom. Like, it's very little fandom. Like, if I'm, if I like you, it's because I've built a personal relationship with you, and that's what YouTube does. So, and that's why I feel like I've never, I don't fan over celebrities because I feel like I have no, I don't have, I can't relate to you. Uh, you know, I don't even know your personal life like that. Like, you know, whatever. You're just right. a person who provides entertainment content or whatever the heck you do. But I'm not obsessed with you versus on YouTube. Like, if I were to meet some people, I'd be like, oh my God, like, I love your stuff. Like, you know, I, I feel like there's more of a connection because because of their content, you feel as if you know that person on, on a personal level and i feel like that's what is different on youtube and even logan paul for example a huge creator on the platform he used to be on vine before it died um and vine you know the six second videos he literally said because he went to this vid vidcon which is like this huge convention for video creators so people their fans can meet 
the vid, you know, the yeah, the creator, yeah, yeah. And he went, and he was he didn't even tell anybody he was going. So he goes and he starts running through VidCon, and they, I'm telling you, masses of people, and these are kids, like probably tweens, you know. You just see, and it's a it's Anaheim Convention Center. It's huge. You just see all these kids running in masses to try to get him to, to take a picture with this dude. Matt, I'm telling you, like hundreds of like thousands. Justin Bieber, like yes, if he was a exactly like if he was Justin Bieber, like they're just going in masses. You and so you 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 see him, and just keep think this is hundred thousands of people, and they're just like in masses. And he did a video where he shows drone shots of him because he did it on purpose. So he okay. shows videos of him running through VidCon, and he showed the drone shot of when he people started seeing him. You can tell. Oh, that's smart. And it's just like, it's crazy. It's, just, it's like ants to sugar. You know what I mean? It, it's just ridiculous how this is. And he literally said, uh, when even when I was on Vine, you know, yeah. a platform that's you know social media, I never experienced this kind of fandom. And why? It's because people are watching you. And they're seeing you, and with him as vlogs, on, yeah. on a consistent daily basis where they feel as though they're a part of your life. And they feel as though they know who you are because you're showing them parts of your life and, you know, interacting with them and talking to them and blah, 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 you know. So, okay. yeah. So it's just different kinds of, I don't know. That's how I feel YouTube is it's just, like, better than other social media platforms because you actually, you can see people as they are versus on Instagram, for example, you post a picture, mm -hmm. you put a caption, mm -hmm. and you, I mean, like I said, there's people who are working behind the scenes. Like for instance, I could pay someone right now to post all my social media content on Instagram. Like I'd be like, here, these are the pictures, you edit them, you create the caption, and you respond to the comments. And no one probably would even know it's not me because they don't, it's, it's so, just i don't know like it's so um curated the content okay. that you put on instagram is very very curated and you know perfect some people do like oh no i gotta edit it to this thing i gotta have a theme right, right, right. like all this stuff and I've, I've personally like when i've met people who i've seen on instagram in person yeah i'm like wow so this is who you really are <laughs> i'm like so this is how you really are in person because you see them and you, and, and you think based on their captions like oh my god they're like this cool person and they do these cool things yeah okay and then you meet them and they're just dry well i guess like a big difference from just hearing you is like instagram it really is about almost putting out the perfect mm -hmm. face because you got to worry about the hashtag game and all that yeah. stuff and since the videos up to a moment i think we're 60 seconds they might still be up to 60 mm -hmm. seconds but you only have a finite amount of time to capture you know that attention span but like youtube someone's going to your video they know how long the video is probably already so as long as you can keep them drawn in from the get-go like they're yeah. willing to digest more of what you have to share yeah. hey this is vanessa blanco and you're listening to on the grind with justin brown don't forget to uh, leave a five-star rating on the podcast <laughs> Um, is there anybody, I guess, is Logan Paul like somebody you look up to or is there anybody on YouTube now? Not like, you know, white man's my hero, but more like, uh, is there anybody creating YouTube content right now? You're like, okay, I would like to get to their level. Um, definitely not Logan Paul. Um, you don't want to go to Japan I, and go through a forest of dead people? No, uh, I actually, yeah, to be honest, I feel like, um, he's really 
put, I mean, he's ever since that situation happened with him in Japan, he's put a bad taste in everyone's mouth in terms of like what YouTubers do and their kind of content that they put up. And he's lost, like Jenna Marbles, which is a huge YouTuber on the platform, okay. over 10 million. She's an OG. She was there since the very beginning. Wow. Okay. Um, and she's a comedian or she, she does comedy videos and, and I mean, really stupid stuff, but it's funny. It's I believe like it. Stupid funny. And she she said in her I think it was a podcast because she also has a podcast okay and she said that he's lost all respect from the community so it's one thing like for you to chase views and be top dog lose the respect from the entire YouTube community you have no allies you have no people who will collab with you you have no people who will you know you can turn to to ask questions to see what's up or like you have no friends so it's just like I would never want to be in his position because, like, you have so many frenemies. Like, they're not even... Interesting. Yeah, it's just not good. Like, he's making boatloads of money. Still. Kudos. Hell yeah, kudos to him. I mean, apparently during that whole situation, he tripled in subscribers and views. So him not even posting made absolutely no difference. But it's because of the, the people that he's targeting. Little tweens and kids that are easily, you know, have... Mm influence and think that oh man i'm part of the low gang and you know all this other stuff low, is that a real that's word what, low yeah. gang that's what he calls them the low gang it kind of reminds, it sounds like kanye in a bit because i I've, I've steadily grown more of a fan of kanye with the more antics he's done up to a certain point up until he dyed his hair blonde and went to go visit trump and i was like okay maybe you do need to go take drink some water and sit down somewhere but before then like kanye was the prime example of all publicity is good publicity, and that's what it sounds like. Yeah, that's exactly. That's what that was. Yeah. Okay. So not Logan, no. or you're not part of the Logan. No, hell no. Um. Is there anybody even like so like from if you want to talk about this the evolution of your the being able to produce your videos, mm -hmm. uh, the I think you started with like the single shots, oh, yeah. and just talking directly for extended a period of time mm -hmm. into the you know the camera, and then some of the later videos I saw mostly less than 10 minutes you switched up your production style to what a lot of people are doing now from like mm -hmm. i think like a 10 second here 10 second here 10 second here kind of average to maintain attention spans and stuff like what have from the start till now where have your areas of both uh, growth been and then at the same time what obstacles have you seen that you've tried to areas of improvement number one i started off with my iphone true so i don't even have a camera so I started off with an iPhone, a little janky tripod from Amazon that was like less than $10 from Amazon Basics. And I just started recording with the front facing, not even the back, not even the good camera with the front camera. Oh really, the 1.2 yeah, megapixels. The front camera of the iPhone and I just started doing videos because it's all I had. And then I also had a MacBook from 08. It was a dinosaur and it was with iMovie. That's it, that's all I used in the beginning probably it wasn't till I started school um, when I actually upgraded my computer okay. and my camera um, and the and so I started off like that and it was it was okay for talking head videos and sometimes for like videos like when I would go to the gym like and I'd post those it's I'm, I had to private some of those videos because they're so bad <laughs> The production value was shit. It was just non-existent. It was so bad. 
but I was just posting videos to post because it's all about the experience. Like you need to have shitty content in the beginning in order for you to grow, especially if you have no video production experience, no editing, no nothing. Like if you don't know crap, diddly squat about any of this stuff, yeah. all your videos are gonna be crap. But so I'm then, doing okay. Yeah, okay. So you're fine. You're, this is the growing stage. Yeah. Um, and then later on, once you build up your experience, but also your 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 audience base, because a lot of people say there's no point in you spending thousands of dollars on camera equipment, editing, editing software, getting all of this production stuff for you to start, and then no one watches your stuff, and then you have three to four years, and you still have no audience, and then you're you've done. I mean, it, unless you like super super love the stuff and care less if anyone's watching it, or who you're reaching, or, or whatever you're doing then, you know, fine, continue, and hopefully that paid off for you. Right. But for the most part, they, I mean, everyone who starts off, they always think I have to have the latest camera, I have to have the best lens, the best lighting, I have, to, you know, the best editing software, and, and all they care about is the materialistic stuff that's- To make it look nice. To make it look nice. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you could have the best production quality, but the content is shit. Casey Neistat literally said content is king. Who's that? He's a well, another top YouTuber. Okay, cool. Just so make it he, context. A, yeah, he's a, a bigger time YouTuber, probably one of the more, more popular ones. And uh, I mean, he said it in his videos time and time again, content is king. Like it's all about the story. Um, it, I mean, you could be filming out of a potato and no one would care if as long as the content is good. For instance, back in the day, um, you know, when people were filming out of the webcams of their computer. Yeah, you know, grainy, yeah. choppy. Yeah, no one cared that it was grainy and choppy because the content was funny, entertaining, informative. Um, but they do say that lighting is, is a huge deal. Like, you could be filming out of your iPhone or Android or whatever camera you got, but as long as your lighting is on point, people will um, look, they'll, they will forgive you for your quality as long as they can see you and hear you clearly now if people will stop watching a video if your sound is trash for, like if it's so annoying where you like static and wind and you can't hear what you're doing or see what you're doing people will stop watching it it doesn't matter if it was filmed out of a thirty thousand dollar camera or a twenty dollar camera and that's true for like comedy too because like when you submit tapes to clubs right mm -hmm. As much as the video is nice, if they can't hear any of the jokes and they can't hear the audience's feedback, if there's too much crackling or static or stuff like that, then they're gonna trash it because they don't know what they're gonna get. So why would they be interested in you? Was because I know you have different styles for different um, audiences and stuff. What has been obstacles? Do you think you have? And this is important, and I definitely want to bring this up um, with you specifically. Do you think you have to face more obstacles? potentially in the field of the social media game you being a woman and or because of race so i i think yeah um for sure i think well first of all and and this other person has said it too like an other youtubers female youtuber content creators okay. has said that they've never experienced like so much sexual harassment and just like hate on the internet like yeah. you you will it surprises me that people feel as though they have the right, because they're anonymous, to say some of the most sick and crazy things to random people on the internet. Like, I've seen, 
And, and and to keep in mind, I feel like sometimes it's little kids, like little kids with nothing better to do on some random Google account they created that go on and just start saying some of the weirdest, like some, it's just, just it, 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 I don't get it. Do you have, what's the weirdest non-disturbing one you've gotten? Non-disturbing? Uh, I mean, non-disturbing to you, but might be disturbing to other people. I don't know. Um, I mean, I've gotten stuff where people were like, you know, um, have said that they would like smell, they would like to smell socks and certain things, like weird things. They want to see my feet and... Ah, fetishes. Okay. Like That's not that bad. Maybe some <laughs> people, but I'm just like, what? This is... I mean, I've seen people we have, have threatened people on the internet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, I, I don't think I've ever experienced anyone threaten me because the thing is what I've always... I mean, even growing up, I've always had a smart-ass mouth. Okay. So if you put a comment on there and it's a stupid comment, like, you can clearly tell that the person is doing it out of hate or out, just out of ignorance, I'm going to I'm gonna put, pump the brakes on you real quick. So you respond to all of them? I respond to almost 100% of my So, And that's another thing that people are like, oh, wow, you, you're still, you have so many subscribers, but you still make the time, take the time out of your day to respond to almost everybody and people have said that because that's the biggest piece what's the point of having an audience when you don't communicate with them true so and at the same time you're like for instance for me i'm not going to comment on your videos if you don't ever respond to nobody and you, you know or even like it or show a heart or nothing I, I, and i get it like people get busy but i'm like take an hour out of your day to respond to the people that made you who you were i mean that's just point blank period don't I, i've always been a humble person where i always remember where i came from and i'm i've and that's what people always say like oh my god you're so real you're so relatable you're yeah. so authentic because i'm not I, just because i have this platform within a, a bigger audience than most people doesn't make me any better than anybody else right and that's what people forget because as soon as they get a hundred thousand oh my god oh my god I'm a movie star you ain't nobody who are you <laughs> like no um but I, I've seen people like threaten and, it, and the thing is, it's always from what I've seen, it's always been when women go on channels that are mo mainly male dominated. So especially like in the fitness scene or whatever, there's like some male, do they're male dominated platforms like channels. That's right? like clearly male dominated or yeah, I would think clearly. fitness might be closer to being balanced in then like I'll, I enjoy rap videos like underground battle rap and stuff that's male dominated they have female leagues they have mm -hmm. female battlers they've had inner battles like man versus woman types and stuff so there and plus rap is especially more so lately a lot more misogynistic than mm -hmm. a lot of different uh things so you're definitely going to see things there whether it's like clowning on a person or making sexual comments and things like that but i would think for like fitness it would be that there's a huge disparity between so well it just depends on what kind of fitness you do because okay. there's different subcultures in fitness like you have bodybuilding you have powerlifting you have like other people who just want to run half marathons and maybe the the general for general population that that fitness is more like 50 50 percent like everybody's just like oh whatever there, depending on the type of stuff that you do, can be very like bodybuilding is male dominated. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And if you're a female and you're successful in bodybuilding, they automatically think you're on steroids. Or even even the guys who are in bodybuilding, they automatically think are on steroids. Powerlifting, same thing, very male dominated. 
if a girl goes on to someone a male a guy's channel their population is male, probably 80 percent male because the people who are watching them are trying to get tips or just know about their life or nowadays what i've seen girls go on their channels and it's they're one number one they're sexualized completely like you mean in the them. video like collab or do you yeah. mean like comments okay no, i just wanted to in distinguish. The video, okay in the thumbnail they use the girl as clickbait that's number one so they use her as clickbait and then in the entire video they pretty much show her very sexualized and then the comments are literally like i would ram her into a blah 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 you know like just stuff we're just like really and then it's just even even when when guys try to put girls on their channels um even if it's like a girlfriend introducing their girlfriend this you'll still see some sicko comments like just ugh. but i feel like guys get a lot of like hate um from guys like guys don't ever i don't, I don't know from what i've seen on guys channels they'll start go like joning on the guy and like dissing him and like stuff like that but like on girls you see some nasty catty comments where it's just like I, I don't know it's just i mean it sounds like then youtube is just really a reflection of what happens like on the street yeah, in daily life exactly. for better or for worse yeah but i feel like it's heightened because i've gotten i've got i mean there's forums like there's forums there's a forum called guru gossiper okay. where people will literally get on the forum to talk trash about content creators and that's the entire sole purpose of the forum. And you can tell. That's sad. It, very sad. And you can tell that it's mainly women. Because they'll trash on beauty gurus. They'll tra trash on fashion gurus. On fitness. And people have said some nasty, nasty. Now, I'm from the city. I was born and raised here. Okay. And when I saw that, I was just like, I wish y'all would come up to me and say some crap like that. I'm like, that doesn't fly where I'm from. People, net, like back in the day, and I, I've said it on snapchat and social media where i was like this only had like this catty crap where people feel as though they can go and start doing the burn you know book you know like mean girls type shit and think that they can get away with that crap is sub like the suburb crap like that shit they do in the suburbs in the city we don't do that if you True. had a problem with somebody you went up to them and you tell them in their face that or someone heard it and then they approached you and confronted you and it was all hands on deck that's how it was you don't sit there and talk trash and think you're gonna get away with it and no one's gonna do anything to you or say anything to you. That 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 never flew like when I went to high school. No, never. How many of y'all were posting online anonymously though? That's the thing. Like it, it's basically uh, what Twitter fingers turn to trigger fingers yeah. type thing. It's internet confidence that a lot of people have. Because uh, I was talking to my uncle before um, about basketball and stuff and how that was even prevalent back when I guess when the radio was around or however old he is it's like there's pre-existing ways that people have done it just through different mediums so when you don't have to put yourself out there mm -hmm. when other people are putting themselves out there people are just going to feel a lot more confident yeah, about themselves things. to do it exactly, exactly. And, no, and, and that's what I'm saying but even then even now because I work in a high school so I see it even in the present Okay. If people are talking trash on the internet, the kids will still go up to that person once they find out because they got screenshots of this and that and they'll still be like, I heard you were talking trash and boom, boom, boom and, and over. It, but I, I feel like in the maybe I'm also generalizing because I don't live in the suburbs. I've never experienced it. But from It's all right. Is it? It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like it's just different. It's a different culture. Like people don't go like it's probably more, oh, like taboo to go up to people and start, you know telling them hey i heard this that like what the hell 
like people probably don't approach them as often as if you lived in the city and were like nah the, no like it doesn't no. it's probably because if i were to what's the likelihood of you running into this person very, probably strengthens very unlikely. you know or it makes you turn one way or feel more encouraged another way to either do something mm-hmm. or to stray away from so if you feel like there's going to be confrontation you're going to think twice yeah. about or you're going to think a little bit deeper about whether or not you're going to do something exactly. unless you're just that kind of person but if you're yeah. getting bus to school every day versus like everybody knows the way you walk home from school it's probably going to be a different ways about a different way about how you handle your interactions and what you yeah. say about people exactly hey this is justin keep listening do you feel um in terms of race then do you feel you i think you said yes already well, my, that it does my, affect yeah, it my situation but. is kind of different though because um i mean my, both my parents are mexican and like i grew up that's how i grew up okay but i don't look stereotypically like a hispanic person i look like i'm white so even in my videos people would be like who is this white girl who the hell does she think she last is? name is blanco though yeah but, but the, even then people still don't put two and two together like it just i don't understand like do you carry yourself you think more culturally hispanic or do you how do you how do you carry yourself you think um, and, and do you think that impacts how people might perceive you uh culturally hispanic. i mean uh i don't talk spanish on my video like i don't speak in spanish in my yeah. videos um like from here and then like I sometimes like some slang words will pop out pop out in spanish sure but i've never portrayed myself in a way that i that i haven't been in real life if that makes sense so you've never tried to hide it or anything no. like that right, right, right like i've never never have i ever like growing up i feel like this was kind of like a curse the fact that i look so light like i got light skin and i look because i felt like i never fit in to an uh, area because people when they see me they're like oh what the hell but then when i open my mouth they're like oh okay <laughs> like what 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 um and and the people who i hung around with and the people who i grew up with so i just i've never fit into a stereotypical group like there was never people i don't even even nowadays like when yeah. i go to places and with, like for instance i recently went to a wedding with my boyfriend and i guess he looks more hispanic than i do um and his workers like one of them knows me and so she joked with another one and said oh yeah she doesn't speak spanish so the lady was speaking to me in english like if i was like some you know like if i didn't know and i'm like no i speak spanish like i'm hispanic like my mother would disown me if i didn't speak spanish okay and um but but still even though i told her like no i speak spanish and i'm I'm Mexican, like, what the hell? She still was talking to me in English throughout the entire wedding. Was she saying, like, condescending stuff or, no, like, no, things that insult your intelligence? No, or? it wasn't anything like that. It was just kind of like she kept thinking as if I couldn't understand her in Spanish. And even when I've had other interactions, people thought I was Russian. Like, I'm in a I can see that. I'm I can see that. <laughs> I'm in a place. And with all these other Hispanic people, and they still they think they're like, oh, who's that Russian girl? What? No, like what? I I don't know. But I mean, I can't change how I look, like unless I like dye my hair black and you know try to tan my skin. Like, but this at the same time, I I try on my channel to tell people that, like, I really wanted to do a video where it was like, 
um, talking about the stereotypes of why, like, why, why do you think I look white? Like, why do you think that I'm white? You know what I mean? And, and why am I not Mexican? Even my kids, my students, oh, you're Mexican? And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, you don't look Mexican. And I'm like, what the hell do Mexicans look like? I'm like, because if you, if you, I'm like, and then they're like, then they stop. They're like, oh crap, like I'm stereotyping you. Yeah, you're stereotyping me. <laughs> because there's tons of, of Hispanic people that don't, that look like, you know, Native Americans, that look African American, that look Asian. Like, we don't come in, in a set stereotypical, like, form and shape and size and color and skin tone. Like, it's all variations of what we look like. Um, but we're still either whatever we want to, you know, identify as Mexican, Dominican, you know, Panamanian, Colombian, etc. Um, so I've always, I wanted to do a video like in the future because I'm, I'm like sick and tired of it. Like I get it because apparently I did a video mm. about curvy girl life hacks and it was just okay. kind of like a video, you know, random, you know, something I, I've wanted to do because for me, my definition of curvy is just you have curves on your body. Yep. Plain and simple. There's some people that don't. Some people who are naturally straight or naturally just don't have a shape, you know? And good for you. You're not any worse. You're just not any better. But yeah, ex exactly. Like, and that's, it, it was just a video to help those, help curvy girls kind of like accentuate what they have to not like hide it, to not, you know, or just to kind of like more of a confidence kind of thing and it'll be half a minute let me also just say thank you oh, as well it, you know just things like that but yeah. there was the, and that video like went viral to the point where people and the reason i feel like it went viral is because people were in the comment section mm -hmm. going at each other's throats about whether or not i could consider myself a curvy person and some people were like what the hell are y'all talking about she's clearly curvy she's not straight down has shape she has hips you know like it's clear that she's curvy but other people are like oh no you're not fat you're not blah blah, blah. and i'm and then my thing was like I, and I'm like, okay, first of all, you could be 230, whatever, how many pounds, still be considered curvy. You can also be like 130, 145 pounds and still be considered curvy. Yeah. There's no, like, just because, and, and so people on the internet think that just because you call yourself this, that means this is the sole definition of this. And if you don't fit this little box, then you can't be anything else. What well, did, were there any... I guess demographic trends in terms of who was taking what sides of no, the argument, or was, was it anybody it was and everybody? Anybody and everybody, and it was yeah, exactly. It was anybody okay. and everybody, and then it it was just like there was this one comment that I actually pinned the girl who literally broke it down and was like, first of all, you could be curvy, and she literally said you could be curvy at three hundred pounds, you can also be curvy at one hundred and thirty or less. Like it yeah. doesn't. What matters is your bone structure and whether or not you have hips on your body. Some people are naturally straight don't have any curves on their body and some people um bone structure has them so that they're able to have curves on on their body it curvy is not uh it, it's not like solely based on your weight whether you're you know quote unquote fat or skinny it has nothing to do with that it has to do with your shape because i guess there's been a movement or whatever where people now consider plus size curvy which is still accurate. Like there are plus size women who are curvy and vice, you know, vice versa. It, but it, my thing is like people thought that if you're not this kind of shape, then you can't be curvy. Is that like a Beyonce shape or is that more like a... I mean, it was the, first of all, people yeah. in the comment section contradicted themselves 
all the time. Okay. Some people were saying, oh, but you, um, you know, J-Lo is hourglass. Like, that's curvy. But I'm like, J-Lo's also 130 pounds. So, and I'm 140 pounds right now, I'm trying to say. And at the same time, like, at the time of doing that video, I was a lot slimmer. Like, I was I was less weight than I am now. So, okay. like, so technically, because I gained weight, am I curvy now? Like, is that... What, I'm like, I don't understand. So, I mean, from that video, I just learned that you, you just, people are gonna see things the way they wanna be see, to see it. Like, you can't really, um, I don't know. Haters gonna hate. I think I, at the I, end of the day, I that's what that, that sounds like. But at the same time, I feel like it's also ignorance. You know what I mean? Because a lot of the people who watch YouTube, like my demographic on YouTube mm -hmm. is the majority of them are 18, 18 to 34 like okay. 70 plus percent of my population are women between the ages of 18 and 34 okay is that the group you targeted or that's a group that naturally filtered down to well that's the group that i want to target okay no, right, right. <laughs> like i mean i have a percentage of guys why they watch me i have no idea i mean i kind of have an idea but I'm yeah like, of really? course comments like, and yeah, uh I just, mm, mm. um yeah some people have weird i don't know i mean it would be nice if our clothes were as cheap as yours, you know what I mean? So maybe someone's trying to sneak in there and like, hey, if I can fit this, who's gonna be the wiser? Yeah. But men's clothes are just generally more expensive and it's, it's and on behalf of men again, it's not fair. Yeah, but at the same time, you guys always get more shoes than we do. Like for instance, with sneakers. Sneakers, y'all always get the, the colorways and the releases because every single time I try yeah. to get a shoe, it's never in my size. And do you buy the men's or the women's size? So it's either or because I can fit men's sizes but come in kids. There's some colorways that okay. do not come in kid sizes. And I'm like, really? And then the women's colorways are always pastels and pinks and blah blah blah. And I'm like, no, I'm monochrome. Like just give me neutral colors. I don't need no pastel pink or purple. I don't understand why you're giving me stereotypical female or feminine colors this colorway and you give the guys the colors that I actually wear. Because people still buy them, I guess. Like, and it's weird because I know a lot more dudes are wearing like a pink mm -hmm. or like a like a light blue, like yeah. Easter egg colors and stuff. Yeah. It would be nice probably if we just switched the colors around for a day. Y'all could have. Or they could just make the colors available in all sizes. But yeah, I don't have an argument against it. So, about to wrap up in a little bit. Let's see. Oh, I guess, yeah. If you can just expand upon, for people that don't know, what are the different kinds of videos you do? And why, if there's a why behind it? So in the very beginning, my videos were solely based on the fact that I was um, really into fitness. Um, and because it was a New Year's resolution, I was trying to lose weight um, and get more muscle definition and tone. But at the same time, I started getting into powerlifting. So I wanted to get stronger. So I was, trying, okay. I was also building on my strength. So the, the bulk of the beginning of my videos were solely fitness based. Um, now and I, I've transitioned and I and I'm trying to transition my channel into more of a um, not just like I guess more of like a personality kind of thing, but oh. also more into sportswear and just like also just like the style pieces because to be realistic, like a lot of the stuff that people wear in the gym, like I guess the stereotypical fit spos, like they'll wear certain things in the gym. I won't sure. wear that in the gym. Like I'm not gonna wear that. Like there's something. You're talking about women specifically or anybody? Well, no, I'm talking about like women. Like, okay. Specifically, like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wear like a, a crop top, you know, with like a halter kind of thing to the gym with a back exposed. Like I'm not gonna do that. 
it's kind of thing. But that's just my personal preference. It has their own personal preference. And I'm not also shitting on their personal preference. Like, if sh- shoot, that's what you want to wear, go for it. That's you. Yes. But for me, I no, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm good hoodies and... So are, are you more, uh, I guess, performance wear? Or are you more so comfort i feel like it's i'm more of a combo of it i've transitioned more into like i guess you could call it like street style slash sportswear slash comfort wear because it's it you can't like so so nike has different um and even adidas they have different categories of what their clothing fits into okay and nike has their performance stuff which is like solely based for performance like you wear it and it's for running, it's for, you know, working out, it's for whatever the hell. Yeah, yeah, Like, that's its purpose. But then they also have the sportswear, okay. which is more for, like, every day. And it's for, you know, going out, you still look put together, but you kind of look like you're going to go to the gym, maybe, maybe not. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, you like, know, like street ball wear kind of. Exactly. It's, it's what's called athleisure wear. That's what the magazines are calling it. Sweatpants. Okay. Yeah, it, it, joggers. You know, yeah, yeah. Things like that. So I've transitioned more into that style, okay. um, and I'm also trying to transition my channel to be more of like a personality than just con- like information based. And that's been the hardest piece because the bulk of my videos mm-hmm. have been very fitness centric, which is great, you know, because that's what my channel like. That was the reason why I started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've also transitioned into wanting to do other things like showing more of my personality versus just oh this is how you do this This is how you build this muscle group this is you know and just giving information because this is the the the, what i think is the most success or the reason why their youtube channels that are really really successful is because they're personality based so like share more of your opinion or how are you i guess it's more like building the community so that people when they watch your content they're Mm. not just coming because of the content they're coming because of you so they want to watch your stuff because it's you giving out the information because they like you as a person they like your personality they trust you they feel like they've built a relationship with you so you could be i could put out a video about a potato and still watch it because it's me putting out a video of a potato versus um you know me putting out a video of like just how to you know informative like this is you know kind of thing so i'm trying to transition my channel into more of like things that i have fun doing yeah. um, because i'm not gonna lie like the burnout is so real like i believe the it burnout is so real especially when i'm i mean i work full time and then i also go to school and then trying to do this and everything that has to do with it like i the fact that i get sleep is a miracle sometimes <laughs> Because it's so, so much that it's just ridiculous. And so the burnout is so, so real to the point where you, you could even, people build, so many YouTubers have like anxiety and depression because it's so freaking, like it's anxiety driven. There's people who've come out and said that they, they fear putting out videos because of what, what's going to happen to them. Because, for instance, like, I put mm. out a few videos recently mm. where I'm like, oh, my God, I loved these videos. Like, I put my heart and soul into making these videos, and it was a completely out of my comfort zone. It was something completely different on my channel. And then they get all right views. So it's just like, damn. Like, I literally put hours, hours into production, hours into editing 
and for y'all to just not even watch the full video is a complete like I want to. I mean, to me, it's like a spit in the face. Like it's just like the oh. payoff wasn't worth it. Yeah, and and it's not just like chasing views, but it's just like I work so hard on this. I want I want everyone to see this because this is so good. To, and I mean, I guess that's my opinion. Um, that it's so good. Um, and I mean, everyone thinks so. But I mean, you gotta have confidence in your work, right? Yeah. Like if you, especially if you're a person who prides himself in quality, like. Everything exactly. you do needs to look a certain way for you to feel good about putting it out in the first place. Yeah, so. yeah and at the same time, like, I'm, I'm trying to <clears throat> separate myself because fitness on YouTube is so different than just regular content on YouTube. Like, they're not even on the same... I feel like it's just, you know, because YouTube all obviously has different subcultures. Yep. In all, you know, interwining it. Mm -hmm. But what i noticed when i went my first year going to vidcon mm -hmm. was that no one cared about fitness youtube at vidcon because you all have to think about the demographic that vidcon is um you know hosting which mm. the majority of them are very young okay a freaking 13 year old doesn't give a crap about working out like i mean most of them don't they don't care about that what they they watch i mean but you'd be surprised how many beauty gurus they watch and how many other people, you know, yeah. others, you know, like other stuff that they watch, and you're like, what the hell, but whatever. Um, and so when I saw that, like, it just, it made me feel not a part of the community. Like, being at VidCon, and, yeah. and not necessarily being noticed, like, whatever. Is that their, like, Super Bowl, is that like? It's like, yeah, it's like the Super okay. Bowl of, like, social media YouTube. people. Okay. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the event. Like, if you don't, if you're not a featured creator at VidCon, it's like, who are you? Fair enough. Um, yeah, so it's very, I don't know, but it, to me, it, it just made me that like, that's what, when I went to VidCon, it, yeah. it made me remember why I fell in love with YouTube. Like that kind of content is what I want to do. The content where I'm like, I'm having fun doing it and mm. it's interesting to me. It's still related to the things that I'm interested in. It's just, I don't know. I'm having more fun doing it versus like with the fitness stuff, like it's great, you know, but I feel like p you, you very rarely build connections and grow in that field than like regular YouTube content. All right. Well, no, it makes sense. So in terms of transitioning yourself to more of a YouTube personality with your next series of videos, um, this might be the last question, but hopefully it's a good one. Picture yourself, not not to put it grimly, but like on your deathbed almost, right? And you're looking back over your life. You were able to do YouTube all your life. How will you know looking back on your life and everything you've done on YouTube, social media, and building yourself as a personality? How will you define yourself being successful at it? <clears throat> um... Well, to me, I feel like, for me, success on YouTube is when I get to do it every day and okay. don't have to worry about anything else. So, like, that to me is success, being successful where not only do I get to do what I love every mm. day, but I also get to reach the right population that I'm targeting. Um, and I, that's, that's kind of, and then with that platform, being able to do other things. Um, like for instance like you know i don't know um volunteer at like foundations be a speaker at oh, yeah. like events um you know for like empowering and inspiring other women um you know that kind of stuff and yeah. then even you know you know or people like me like like girls like me who 
who need kind of like better influences or just someone to look up to kind of thing. Um, like that's kind of what I feel would be successful is when I'm able to just do what I want to do without having to do other things, aka work this full time nine to five, um, to compensate for YouTube, you know what I mean? To like getting paid to do what you want to do and then also being seen as a resource yeah yeah for others for in the others. community okay um, yeah i would say that would be the most successful piece because like right now like my job is like my sponsor yeah <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For the content pays the bills and stuff yeah, it yeah. pays the bills and then you know youtube just it's just youtube youtube pays for itself until <laughs> that becomes yeah which is hard income. um because when you're juggling work and that, it's just, yeah, it's difficult. All right. Well, here's the last question. And you've been a wonderful guest, uh, Vanessa Blanco. What is one piece of advice you would give to someone who's looking to go into the field of building themselves as a social media presence, personality, um, whether in fitness or anything else? Mm-hmm. And it can be specific to YouTube, or it can be broader. If you can make it broader, but what's one piece of advice you can give to people like myself? One piece is going to be very difficult because I have so many pieces. Or, or like three small ones. So, well, number one, mm-hmm. if you're trying to do it for the money, I'm sorry to inform you, it's not as great. And it's yeah. not as like fantastic as people think it is, um, especially if you're like starting out. So, yeah. like, if you think that, oh, this is a quick money kind of thing and I'm going to be able to make millions and quit my job. And, like, maybe if you're working at a McDonald's or a Chipotle or a Sephora, it, it would be realistic for me to quit my job right now. But when you have a salary with health benefits and a four oh you know, a yeah. retirement plan, yeah. uh, it's a little harder to quit that job yeah. making this little change. It's a bigger sacrifice. It's, it's a huge sacrifice because when you're self-employed, you have to then figure out how the hell you're going to pay for all that stuff yep. on top of everything else that you have to pay for in a regular life. And I, I have a mortgage, so I own a home. Jesus. So it's like, oh, crap, I have actual adult responsibilities. You know what I mean? I don't just live at home with my mama doing videos. Right. I mean, that's not. So I will say that if you're trying to get into this solely for money, it's going to be very, very difficult. I mean, at the same time, people will see right through your bullshit and they will not, they, they won't, they won't fuck with you because tell, I mean, I've seen it firsthand when I was growing people doing things in such a vindictive way and kind of like begging people to, to follow them and subscribe to their content and would even like guilt trip people and, and bring up their kids like, oh, please, my kid need, you know, my kid I'm over here trying to support my kid. Like, what? No. Like, do this because you love the content that you're doing it. Do it. Love the platform and the people on the platform and the and what you can do on the platform. Do it because of that. Don't do it because of money because it, you're going to be very sad. I mean, maybe in the long run, like if I was doing this full time and I had to worry about work, then maybe, yeah, it would pay off because I'd be able to put more time into it. But at this very moment, it's just, it paid for school. Like, that's that's what it did. In, in itself um, so that's the first piece second piece is yep. do not change who you are in order to, to um, please everybody because that is going to get you because as soon as you get one hate comment 
you're gonna be you're gonna be like oh my god like oh they hate my voice or, or they hate the way I look they hate um, you know because people will be like oh I hate your voice or I hate your face or you know I can't don't you know you can't change who you are be you because the people who who are going to like you there will be people out there that, that either will relate to you that will like you because of your personality that will like you for you don't change who you are because you're trying to be more accepted by a larger amount of people um, because in the long run you'll lose yourself you'll lose everybody else who fucked with you in the beginning um, and those people are really people that probably are riding with you till the very end are the people that subscribe when you were not um, when you had nothing, when you had one subscriber, which was yourself and your mama, <laughs> that's, yeah. you know, those people are important. And then also the third piece is to always interact with your, the people in your, in your audience. Like if you, you know, some platforms are a lot harder than others Definitely. to do that on, but specifically on YouTube, like it's all social media is based on interacting, socializing. Like that's what it was for. For you to be able to socialize with other people even though they were not there in front of you so it gave you more access to socializing and to building relationships with people there's no point in you putting out this information to for you to not even build on conversations with those people and to get to know them or to even like you know just interact with them on on a, on a bait like it doesn't have to be every day you don't have to be sitting there on the phone with them but like if they're if they took the time out of their day to watch your 10 minute three minute you know 15 minute 20 whatever 30 seconds anything anything, yeah then and they've had the extra time to write you a comment you need to take the time out of your damn day to respond back to them because at the end of the day that's what what matters to them because even some people are like holy crap you responded like they get shocked because you respond which is ridiculous to me because I'm like, what the hell do you mean I've responded? Like, I should respond. You commented. Like, yeah, yeah. Freaking, uh, I'm pretty sure it's just after a certain point, people are going to see you as out of reach. Yeah. But once you extend your hand out, it's a totally different feeling. Yeah. It is a totally. Vanessa, you just dropped three gems that I think can apply to pretty much any field because I know that the stuff you said definitely applies to you and people trying to blow up in the social media. Definitely applies to comedy and stand up and becoming any sort of celebrity or wanting to get better in your field um so yeah are there any last thoughts comments feelings you want to share or if not it's cool you can just tell them where to find you not really okay so where where can the people find you um so my youtube channel is obviously my name is vanessa blanco um you can search it on youtube you'll find me yep top person or whatever the hell um and then instagram it's at i am v blanco and that's the same for Twitter and for Snapchat. And I'm on Facebook. I really don't use Facebook. Okay. All right, Vanessa. Well, thank you for being on the On The Grind podcast. This has been Justin Brown. My guest today is Vanessa Blanco. Please check her out on all the social medias. We'll put it in the uh, description. I don't know why I keep banging the table, but I'm doing it. Thank you all, all three of you, whoever you are, for listening. And we'll see you next time. Till then.